0: You guys, um, I still haven't found my microphone. I've been using my son's um, like earphones that have a little mic attached uh, the last couple of weeks. And now for some reason those aren't working. Anyway, I do not know what amazingly smart thing I did with my microphone when I needed to move it out of the first place where I would look for it all the time over and over. I've always had it in the same place anyway, but in the whole moving of things from one room to another while getting painting and floors and ceilings scraped and all that kind of stuff done, that is something that just has disappeared, Um, which is embarrassing, but whatever. Um, I'm sorry. I will order another one today, so hopefully I'll have a better one next week. Anyway, okay, so I am talking today about Um, there's no right or wrong way to declutter. Um, let me just explain kind of where this is coming from. So, um, I shared a story on the blog and, uh, this week about, you know, my, using my strategy of using something. Okay. Like that's a strategy that I have, I know it's like, really, that's a strategy, but it's one of those things that I have had to mentally, talk myself through and go, I if this sits in a cabinet or if it sits in a pile or it sits somewhere and it's just sitting there and either because I just for some weird reason I've never gotten around to using it or because, oh, it's sentimental and so it sits there but it actually has no purpose, um, that's clutter. But if I can either use it for its originally intended purpose or find a way to use it then it's no longer clutter, okay? And decluttering is getting stuff I don't need out of my house. Like, that's the definition of decluttering success, which I get to make up the definition because I wrote the books on decluttering. Anyway, but as I do that, um, as I get... Another way to look at getting stuff out of my house that I don't need is changing the identity of an item, okay? So, this item's identity is that it's sitting in a closet somewhere as a sentimental item. If I can change the identity of that item into something that I actually use, it's no longer clutter because I have i didn't need it when it was something that just sat there, and I need it now because I'm actually using it. So, let me just give the example, and hopefully this will help a little. Um, so... I have a a blanket. Did I tell this story last week? I don't know. It's very possible. Um, Whatever. Anyway, (laughs) I'll tell it quickly just in case. But um, I have a comforter that I absolutely love, like love, love, love. I've had it for 21 years. Bought it in 1997 when I lived overseas by myself. It's kind of one of my first decorative home purchases when I lived, um, you know, while I was single in my own apartment. And um, I love it. The colors make me happy, or at least the one side of it did. It was reversible. One side was embarrassing. One side was, made me happy. Um, it was blue and white checked. And But the main reason I loved it was it was so incredibly comfortable because it was a comforter, but because I bought it in Thailand in the tropics, it was so lightweight. So it had the coziness of a comforter, but it also um, like was just you know, you could use it in the summer and still have that coziness of a comforter, but it's not hot anyway. So I loved that thing. Well, you know, for the last several years, I've known that it was getting a little more or a lot more, um, raggedy looking, but I just lived in denial because I'm super good at that. And as I lived in denial, I would just um, hope that the day was never going to come, that I would, it would actually literally fall apart. Even though the edges were, I mean, they'd completely rubbed off of the, what's that called? Um, It's not ribbing. It's like, y'all know what I'm talking about if you're crafting. Anyway, basically the edges had completely rubbed off. And um, anyway, so this summer, probably about a month ago, I um. all of a sudden it wasn't comfortable anymore because it had actually split open and it wasn't the super soft, lovely fabric that I was snuggling up with. It's like my foot was touching that um, batting that's in, you know, inside of a comforter. And even though it's thinner, lighter weight batting, it's still not soft and lovely anymore. And so it was time for it to go. Like it was so falling apart that, um, you know, trying to repair it, probably wasn't going to, you know, work anyway. So I was just kind of paralyzed while it stayed on my bed. I mean, it, it stayed on my bed and I would, I would try to rearrange it just so, and it wasn't working. And then I went, Oh, my dogs need bedding in their crates. And, um, I just thought, Oh, well they need bedding. I don't want to get rid of this thing. It's paralyzing. I love it so much, but I'd be willing to cut it up and make bedding for my dogs, okay? So I um, have a little teeny tiny dog, and so I gave her a quarter of it. It was like a king size, I think, even though I've never had a king size bed. But anyway, I folded it up. um, I put that in her crate, and then the other three quarters, I folded that up and put that in my big um, German Shepherd's crate. So anyway, which, have I mentioned that we have a new German Shepherd? She's six months old. She's the cutest. But oh my word, she's crazy. Really quickly, for those of y'all who are wondering, this is not the dog that showed up at my house literally the day before my book came out in February. Um, that was a super sweet dog, but also crazy at a time in my life where I could not deal with a crazy puppy. Um, anyway, so we found um, some friends who were like, oh, we've been looking for a lab peppy," And we were like, well, here you go, because she showed up at our door. So we had already taken care of, you know, um, like taking her to the vet and she'd gotten all of her treatments because she was in really bad shape. And we put the word out there like everywhere we possibly could on all the formats that we could, um, about her and no one had claimed her. And the vet was like, uh, yeah, she's definitely a dumped dog because she was, you know, in such bad shape. But anyway, so we got her healthy and then we gave her to these friends and then, um, I think it was mother's day. Uh, this doggie came home, our friend's dog had puppies, and we're like, okay, I'm ready now for the big dog that I was wanting, so anyway, so we have um, Cinder now, that's her name, C-I-N-D-E-R, because we had to convince the boys that that was a super tough name, based on the Lunar Chronicles that my daughter and I read, but anyway, I'm rambling, my point is, I was willing, it, it was a, it was a way for me to change the identity of this comforter, and be willing to move it out. Okay. So it's not clutter. And technically it was never clutter because it was on my bed and I was using it and then it was being used. And now it's being used as bedding in my dog's crates. And you know what's even better? I didn't even have to wash it because my dogs were like, whoo, it smells like y'all. Awesome. Anyway, but I, I, It it was never clutter because it always had a place, all right? But it was about to be clutter if I didn't do something with it, okay? And that I'm going to kind of get into why that distinction matters in this situation, okay? So the reason this is going along with the whole there's no perfect way to declutter is um, I I loved one of the comments on this post that I wrote on Monday. So one of the comments... I'm not going back and reading it exactly, but basically was saying, yes, but I have to be so careful because, um, if I go down that road of finding the perfect way to reuse something, then oftentimes that will mean stuff is not leaving my house because I'm, I'm more focused on wanting to do the perfect thing with it, wanting to find a way to reuse it, um, And that keeps me from actually getting stuff out of my house, which is the goal, right? That's decluttering success, getting stuff I don't need out of my house. And that comment was exactly right, but that doesn't make this strategy wrong. And so my response to that, and I I added a little um, disclaimer on the blog because I absolutely understand where you're coming from. But my point is, this is one strategy, okay? Okay. And I have a lot of different strategies because I've had to have a lot of different strategies to get stuff out of my house because I had so much clutter, okay? We are all looking for the perfect, perfect way to declutter. I have come up with steps that keep me on track, okay? So I have my five-step process that I've talked about in podcast that's in my book very clearly. But that five-step process keeps me on track and keeps bringing me back to making progress, always making progress, always making progress. Um, but I took emotions out of my process because I am so emotional about my stuff. If you ask me if I want to keep something, the answer is pretty much going to guaranteed be yes. Okay. But the reason I had to take emotions out were was that I have so many emotions. So we're not heartlessly decluttering here. And so what happens when you're paralyzed by the overall mess? Well, you work through the steps. Okay, You work through the steps and you make major progress and you get stuff out of the house. Doing the easy stuff, the stuff that's not emotional first, okay, so that you start creating room and you start creating visible progress and then you inspire yourself to keep decluttering. All of that is very important. You work through those steps. But what about... After or at some point during the process when you get paralyzed? Well, having the mindset change of, you know, okay, how am I going to solve this problem right now? That is where this strategy and other strategies come in. Okay, so my point in saying there's no perfect way to declutter, there's no right or wrong way to declutter is however you're getting stuff out of your house, that's the way that's best for you. Okay, if you need a strategy, I've got strategies for you. But sometimes in those moments, any moment of paralysis, of decluttering paralysis, I have to figure out a way to work through that. Okay, I, and this is one of those ways. So bringing all these strategies in, which is one of the reasons why it's hard because, um, you know, the nature of a blog is that there's a bajillion posts. Like, I think it's an actual bajillion post that I've written on there and not in the last nine years. But anyway, um, but there's, you know, posts about this and a post about that and a post about that. And people will generally land for the first time on one post. Well, that one post is one snippet. It's one idea explored. It doesn't do the overall process. And my house, your house, is an overall process. So you are probably going to have to bring in other ways of looking at things. You're probably going to have to you know, okay, I am working through this process, but I am still stuck. So what's a different way I can look at this item? I'm clapping as I speak because that's how I do. Um, anyway, cause I'm not holding microphone cause I don't have my microphone cause I can't find my microphone. But anyway, um, as I do that, uh, you know, I have to find a way to get it out of the house. Okay. I hope that's making any sense. Let me talk real quick about our first sponsor, who is Preptish. I love Preptish. Preptish is a healthy subscription based meal planning service with a unique twist. Each week, Allison, the founder, sends you an email with recipes a grocery list and instructions for prepping the meals ahead of time. Those step-by-step prep instructions are the thing that makes prep dish different. This meal plan is specifically designed for you to do all the prep work for your week's meals in 1 to 3 hours, so all you have to do during the week is cook them. It cuts down your time in the kitchen by so much and makes healthy weeknight meals so much more doable. Listeners of A Slob Comes Clean can get a free two-week trial by going to prepdishcom a slob clean Use the promo code CLEAN. That's prepdishcom a slob clean Promo code CLEAN. Okay, so like I said, I have step-by-step instructions that take the emotions out of the clutter, and. I know from experience, and I know from working with other people, and I know from hearing from people who use my steps, that those steps will work no matter the level of your clutter. You have a small space to work on, work through the steps. You have an entire room that's packed to the ceiling with junk, those steps work. Your entire house is overwhelming, those steps work. Okay, so the steps absolutely work. They take the emotions out of it. And here's the thing too, we're talking about progress, Okay, progress. Those steps are designed to help you make progress and only progress, never a bigger mess. For those of you who are new, the steps are, and this is like the super, um, it's truncated the right word, the super um, short version. Um, Trash, easy stuff, duh, clutter. Uh, Using the two decluttering questions, which are, if I needed this item, where would I look for it first? And if I needed this item, would it ever occur to me that I already had one? And then the last step is to make it fit, okay, by consolidating and purging down to the limits of the container. Okay, that's the super, you know, there's a lot more things to understand with all of those, but those steps work, but roadblocks happen. Okay, roadblocks happen. There are things that I just, I I can't. It it just, I'm I'm paralyzed, okay? No, I can't answer the two decluttering questions, and I don't care. You know I mean? Like, whatever. Or there's items here. Like, here's an item that I know is pretty much outlived its usefulness as what it is. It's my comforter. Do I just throw that away? Do I donate it to one of the places that, you know, takes... Um, fabric donations and, you know, textile donations. I mean, what do I do with that? Here's something to do with that, okay? So when I get stuck, what are some things I can do? Well, one of the things that I highly recommend is just to know that it's okay to skip that one thing. Like if you're in the middle of decluttering a drawer or a cabinet or a closet and you run across one thing that, yeah, technically you should put it in the donate box, but the thought of putting it in the donate box just makes you want to close the door and quit and just pretend like you never were starting on this project, And um, that's not an option, right? Because we're wanting to make progress. So move on to something else, okay? Because there's beauty in re-decluttering. So many times when I have just gone, I I, I just can't, I just can't. And I leave it there when I come back to that space and re-declutter in six months or a year or whenever, that item is completely different looking to me. Where it once tore my heart out, the fact that it tore my heart out one time means that when I come back to it and go, oh yeah, I haven't even thought about that since I was so emotional about it six months ago. (laughs) Of course that can go in the donate box. And those often, those items often turn into a duh. Okay. Or as I keep going and I've skipped that one item that was paralyzing me, then I get to this point where, um, this space is, completely usable now because I've gotten so many other things out of there and the only things left in there are the things that I actually need and use and I can see them I can find them I can get to them easily because there's not other stuff in front of them and that space is still completely usable and the fact that it has this one odd thing in it does not mean that my house is not significantly improved by the fact that I did this decluttering project where if I had just stopped at this item that I ended up leaving in there, if I had not given myself permission to just leave that one item and move on to the next one, then that space would still be cluttered and not usable. Make sense? Okay, I hope that helps. Um, Sometimes it is rip off the Band-Aid and acknowledge that decluttering regret might happen. And I have lived through it before and I'll live through it again because it's just stuff. When I say rip off the Band-Aid, you know what I mean, right? I mean like just do it. Okay? Just just do it. Just I'm just going to stick it in the donate box and I'm going to live through it if I live to regret this. Um here here's the thing. With the whole repurposing thing, I have to be careful. Okay? Because repurposing and or this idea of repurposing the idea of giving each item to the person who would appreciate it most, that is a very bad kind of decluttering paralysis, okay? That's what I used to do. I used to go through my kids' clothes and end up with a huge, complicated system of Who needs what? These are the things I'm going to donate. These are the things I'm going to sell in a garage sale. These are the things I'm going to sell on eBay. These are the things that are going to go to so-and-so. These are the things that are going to go to so-and-so. And And it would mean that I had this big complicated system and I would never end up making progress. So I ended up just deciding I'm going to donate everything. Donate anything that's leaving my house, I'm going to donate it. But sometimes you do run across something and you go, oh, so-and-so would need this. Well, the issue is to act on it Right then, how can I act on this in the moment so it does not stop the momentum of this decluttering process? Okay, it uh, for me in this now, this wasn't a project, but let's say that it was because realistically, there have been times where I would have taken that comforter and shoved it in a closet and counted on you know future me knowing what to do with it and then had to deal with it in the midst of a decluttering project. Okay, so let's say I ran across the same comforter. Um, then what can I do with it right now, okay? Um, Which kind of goes with the whole, where would I look for it first? Like what's its purpose that it can have right now? Well, it's the dog bedding. And so I got my scissors and I did it right then. I didn't put it in a closet thinking, oh, you know what would be great to do with that? Make dog bedding. Now, I did not hem the sides of the um, comforter when I cut. I didn't hem it. It's fine. They don't care. All right? Maybe you would want to, and maybe that would be a reason why you shouldn't do this because, well, I'm not going to pull out my sewing machine. I'm not going to do all this, but I also can't. Okay, this just needs to go then. All right? So it's like, what could I do right then and go ahead and do it? So much of... The progress that I've made clutter-wise has been to stop procrastinating, to find the places where I'm procrastinating and eliminate those places. So going ahead and doing this was a way for me to just go ahead and do something else with this comforter and to not procrastinate, okay? So I'm not talking about this general mindset of repurposing, which is the kind of stuff that gets my imagination going. I mean, those are the books I used to check out at the library, even as a very young child was you know, things I could make out of the junk around the house. I mean, that is the kind of stuff that just gets me going. I love it. Like, I love looking at that kind of stuff. But the problem is, the actual implementation wouldn't happen, and I just collected and collected and collected. So that's where this problem comes in, and where I have to be careful, um, and where I, I can't. I just can't keep collecting stuff like that. And um, sometimes, um, remembering that, wait. I said, think of a way to use it now. Um, and also knowing that sometimes, you know, the, the midst of a, in the midst of a decluttering project, and I kind of said this before, but it's in my notes, so I'm going to say it again. Um, sometimes it's a matter of decluttering something else easy to make room for this item. I did say that, didn't I? Okay. So we're not talking about general repurposing. We are talking about, um, finding a way to change this item's identity right now which then also goes with the whole where would I look for this first if I was looking for this item you know if I was looking for a dog bed I'm gonna go put it in the dog bed and I'm gonna do it right now got it okay all right next sponsor for our episode is handy.com and they are a great resource for a question I get all the time from listeners. Okay, so y'all know I have a whole podcast episode, I think actually maybe even two, about the realities of hiring someone to clean your home. But the main question I get on this subject is, how do I find a cleaner? Handy is the easy and convenient way to book home cleanings on a schedule that works for you. You can book home cleanings right from their app, or their website, where you can also compare profiles and find real customer reviews to find the perfect pro for your needs. All pros on Handy are background checked. Learn more about that at Handy.com. All of Handy's services are backed by the Handy Happiness Guarantee. I had the opportunity to schedule a cleaning, yay, through Handy, and here's how it works. You enter the number of bedrooms and bathrooms in your home, and you pick the date and time you'd like your home cleaned. Tell them about your cleaning priorities so that your pro knows what's most important to you for when they come. They're going to match you with one of their top-rated pros, or you can select the pro you'd like to hire by reading real customer reviews. If you love your cleaner, add them to your pro team to use them for future bookings. I personally found the booking process to be super easy. I was literally done in minutes and just put the date on my calendar and had that to look forward to. I loved my cleaner. She did a fantastic job on my house. With Handy's clear upfront pricing, what you see is what you pay, and you can pay securely on the app, so no need to worry about cash or checks. And y'all, Handy has a special offer a special offer for listeners of this show to get your first three-hour cleaning for $39 when you sign up for a plan, visit handy.com slash slob and use the promo code slob, that's all caps, S-L-O-B, during checkout. Recurring charge terms and conditions apply. Visit handy.com to learn more again. That's your first three-hour cleaning for $39 when you sign up for a plan. Visit handy.com slob and use promo code slob during checkout. Recurring charge terms and conditions apply. Visit handy.com to learn more. Okay. So we're talking about the difference between, ultimately here, it's it's a lot of times about procrastination, okay? There is no right and wrong way to declutter, but procrastinating is always wrong, okay? Procrastinating, there's a difference between me saying, I'm going to declutter everything else in this space, I'm going to keep on moving even though I had to skip over this heart-wrenching item, that is different than procrastinating. Procrastinating is being like, I'm going to come back to this project later, okay? I mean, technically, I guess you could say it's procrastinating on making a decision about this one item, but the deal is, I am looking at my home as an overall place to make progress, okay? I'm going to just keep making progress. Every single item that leaves my house is decluttering success. And so if I skip this item to move on to the next that then leaves my house, I'm still making decluttering successful progress, okay? So it's not about ideas, it's about action. I think that is the difference here between the ideal way to do something or the way to repurpose something versus keeping it in my house and letting it be clutter. Okay. I'm not talking about the idea of doing something. I'm talking about actually doing it. Um, so like I said, my idea, my love of repurposing and frugality, mm -hmm, got a podcast on that, got me into this mess. So if I'm keeping something purely out of an idea and not because I have something I can do with it now, no, I can't let myself do that. Not that I never do. I'm not, oh my goodness, I'm so far from perfect. But I'm just saying, in general, that's what I have to tell myself. No. If this is just some ambiguous idea of I could do something with that surely one day, I can't let that be my reason to keep something. Okay? Um, And I've got to be able to answer that first decluttering question. Where would I look for this first? Um, Along those lines, if you love crafting and repurposing Then you have to have space in your container, your house that is a container. Um, This is one of my key things. I've got to have the space for it in my home to be able to keep it. And so, if you are a crafter, if you love to make things into new things, you need to be you, okay? If that's something you actually love doing, as opposed to just thinking, oh, one day I'm going to be that person. But the space in your home is finite. OK, it's, it's limited. And so having a space, which then is the answer to the question, where would I look for this first? Um, having a space to put those things that you are going to repurpose for some reason in the future, that space is limited and it can only be as much space as you actually have available without crowding out space that you need for the things that you need to be able to live and be able to get to easily and to be able to not trip as you walk through a room. Did that make any sense? So, I mean, I'm saying here that the container concept applies. As I tell people all the time, the container concept is basically the answer to all of the decluttering questions ever that have existed in the entire world. Okay. Um, there has to be the space for it. And it has to be get toable space. So it can't just be crammed in there in a way where I don't even know what's in there. But there has to be room for it. So if you love the idea of turning something into something else, okay. But you have to accept the realities of the space you have available for that. So maybe you have a cabinet or, you know, a dresser or something like that that you have designated as this is my space for that. Well, once that's full, and you find something else that could totally be repurposed into something else, then you're going to have to one-in, one-out, okay? You're going to have to, I really want to keep this because I know this could be something really great one day. Um, I know I'll use this one day. Okay, go take it to that designated space, which is the first place where you would look for it if you needed something like this, okay? If you needed this item. Go to that space, but if that space is packed full, then... Decide what's less container worthy than this item that you just decided you really wanted to keep because you know you'll use it one day for some repurposing purpose, repurposing purpose, whatever. Anyway, as you do that, so you look in the, and you go, oh why did I ever think I was going to repurpose this one day that (laughs) either is going to be donated or trashed or whatever, because you already have those trash bag and donatable donate box where you're decluttering. So you take that back and you make that space for this item that you're just sure you're going to, um, you're going to uh, repurpose someday. And then as that space, as you keep up with the, as you accept the limits of that space that you have for these kinds of items, Um, then you're keeping them under control and they're not getting out of control. Remember, the purpose of a container, which doesn't have to be a container, it can also be a cabinet or a drawer or a shelf or whatever, the purpose of that is to limit. So let that be the limit because if you have more than will fit easily in that space and still be usable, then that's when things get out of control and crazy things happen, okay? And that's when we have clutter. It's when it's out of that space. So as I put something in there, I have to take something out, To create that space. But there's also the reality that a lot of times I'm going to say, Oh, I will totally use this one day. I know I will. And then I go open up that cabinet or whatever I have designated as a space for those items. And I look in there and I go, Oh, yeah, I'm not willing to get rid of anything in here because I actually know what I'm going to use that, that, and that for. And all of a sudden, this item that I just was sure I really, really wanted to keep, all of a sudden, that item looks different to me. And I'm like, well, I don't want to keep it bad enough to get rid of any rid of any of that stuff. And so then I'm going to go ahead and stick that in the donate box or the trash, whatever, wherever it deserves to go. Okay. Getting the most out of your grocery dollar can be challenging these days, to say the least, having a focused Deal. Again, that's prepdish.com slash clean for your first two weeks free. This is a no-brainer. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get fifty percent off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. Okay, so um, it it all comes down to those same basic decluttering strategies but it's also accepting the reality of how these things play out. Okay. And ultimately, if I will always, 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 always embrace the first decluttering question, which tells me what the home for something is by where would I look for it first? And I will always embrace the realities of the spaces that I have in the container concept. That's where this will either help me go, you know what, I don't have space for it, I'm not keeping it, or okay, here's the space, it actually has a home, blah, 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 okay, I hope that makes sense. Anyway, um, again, clapping, sorry, um, I don't know if y'all can hear that or not, can you, um, let's see, can it be done in the midst of, okay, and that's another thing too, is um, can this be done... You know, things like what I just did. If I don't have a designated space for things that I'm going to repurpose one day, then the reality is I don't have a space for the things I'm going to repurpose one day. I mean, that's just, reality is reality. So in those moments... That doesn't mean I can't repurpose something, but it means I don't have time to store it for later. So is this something I can repurpose right now in the midst of this decluttering project? Because as I'm decluttering, I'm dealing with each item as I come across it and I'm not making a bigger mess. It's either going in the trash, it's going to its home, it's going in the donatable donate box, or it's staying in this space. So it's never coming out of a space and turning into this mess. So if I pull something out that can be repurposed, and I don't have, a, you know, and I, I already know what to do with it. I can go ahead and repurpose it and I don't have to go, oh, I'm going to repurpose that as soon as I clean up this mess from this decluttering project because there is no mess from the decluttering project. I can stop at any time. That's the whole decluttering at the speed of life, you know, the title of my book. So that that's the whole idea behind that is you're only making progress and at whatever point you need to step away, you can and I can do that to do this repurposing project, I can step away because I've only ever made progress and never a bigger mess. Okay. um, Let's see. I think I've said all of this. Um, Oh, okay. So a lot of this comes down to, to the lifestyle of decluttering. And I feel like that is what was going on here. You know, I mean, like this blanket, I made this decision not in the middle of decluttering project, but because I live a lifestyle of decluttering, because I am basically constantly decluttering, because I have decluttered so much that I have a better understanding of my house and what it can handle. I know that if I'm going to do anything with this item, I've got to actually have a space for it, which then makes me see it differently. Decluttering experience helps me identify clutter before it turns into clutter. Okay, so because I have purged old ratty blankets, because I have lived through multiple winters since purging old ratty blankets, since I have gotten rid of things that were sentimental and lived to tell about it, all of that experience helps me go, This blanket is ratty, not actual rats. You know that, right? It's just the term. Anyway, this blanket is ratty and I got to do something with it. It's either throw it away or I need to turn it into something else because I had this idea. Okay, but I, I identify that where. Before I started this whole decluttering process, before I had gained the decluttering experience and developed decluttering momentum and started living a lifestyle of decluttering and all those terms that I've made up, before I did that, it would have been like, oh my goodness, this blanket is, and my automatic reaction would have been to like stick it in the washer so I could fold it up and put it in the top shelf of my master bedroom closet. Like that, I wouldn't have even thought about it because I'd be like, oh no, I love this thing. You know, now it may have fallen apart completely in the washing machine and then I probably would have folded it anyway and stuck it on the top shelf of the master bedroom closet anyway. But, you know, that's just reality of of how I did that. So of how I would have done it before instead of viewing things this way. Now, I hope that makes sense. So the whole point of me saying there's no right or wrong way to declutter is stick to the steps as long as those steps are helping you. If you get stuck in the middle of that, figure out a way to get unstuck, okay? But the, the the defining thing is, are you making progress? Am I making progress? Am I getting stuff out of my house? Whatever it takes for me to get stuff out of my house, that's what I have to do, okay? Reframing my thinking. Um, whatever I need to do, that is what I need to do. Okay, all right. I'm going to quit there. Um, I just want to remind you that I do have a super secret Facebook group for people who are, Patreon, who are patrons through patreon.com slash clean uh, They are the people who um, are patrons of the show for $5 a month, and we have a lovely Facebook group. If you are a patron and you're not in the Facebook group, please email me because there's a form that I know sometimes people have a hard time finding once they become a patron. But anyway, just email me. I will help you get in there. Um, after I check to make sure you're really a patron, but anyway, um, I would love for you to be a patron and if you become one, make sure you go look and find that form so you can fill it out and I can get you in there with us. So I, um, will talk to you guys later. All right. Bye.